For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to continue our coverage of Meet the Class. Today we are talking about LSU wide receiver Racy McMath, the Titans sixth round pick, the New Orleans native, and a guy, D, that you both share the purple and gold with. But before we get into breaking down what Racy his game entails, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. D, I was looking at it right now with the NBA Conference Finals. You got four teams that no one has won a championship since the NBA-ABA merger. Personally, I think that's great for the sport. Kind of glad to see that happen. And for hockey right now, also down to four teams, chance to make the Stanley Cup Finals. Bet online, man. They got it. Go check them out. Tell them you heard about them right here on Believe in Titans. But, D, I hope you and all of our listeners had a happy Father's Day. And, sir, how was your weekend, my friend? My weekend was great, D. It was uh, Father's Day weekend, and so I had a chance to get a lot of uh, cards from my three beautiful kids and a lot of text messages from friends, and so it was pretty special. You know, I think every day should be Father's Day and Mother's Day. I don't think there should be just one day out of the year where we acknowledge our fathers and but again, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> it's the only time I can I, get some I love. Don't, I don't have enough money, buddy, to make every day Father and Mother's Day. I'll just leave it at that. So good. We don't have no kids <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> but D, we're we're continuing our coverage of Meet the Class, and today we're discussing wide receiver Racy McMath. And Racy's a guy that you know really played in a system that has had a lot of great receivers come out of and be high profile players at that position in the NFL and so this is another guy that when you look at the Titans we knew back when draft time was happening they needed to get a receiver they were able to get Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round and then they turned around and drafted Racy McMath. Racy is a guy that he has the physical tools when you look at him he is a guy that is going to stand out the Titans have him listed at six foot three 217 pounds and at the age of 22 still young he is a guy that has been listed by a lot of scouts, one that was expected to be a late-round pick. When you look at Racy and what his game 
is like and how that can translate to the NFL. What do you have to tell our listeners about that? Well, the first thing you got to look at that body, six foot three, 224 pounds. That is a grown man out of the big easy, like you just alluded to out of New Orleans, Louisiana, my favorite spot in the world. And not to mention he's a three-year letterman. And I love this name. First of all, we talked about Rashad Weaver last week and his middle name being Capone. That's his middle name. And I thought about Racy, and that's the first thing that really sticks out. And I'm like, how did he get that name? So I went through, did a little digging, and, and I found out that his mom, Pam McMath, and his dad, when she was pregnant and she was carrying Racy for nine months, she said, you know, this child would never be still inside of her stomach. And so she said it was like he was always racing in her belly. And that's how she got the name Racy. Isn't that interesting, man? And I thought, man, that is a really cool nickname. But how did you get a name like Racy? And it's amazing when his mom, when she, I was reading that, I thought, man, she hit it right on the nail. So again, I just want to say congratulations to Racy for being drafted in the sixth round at 205 because it is very special. I feel like when you get a player of his caliber, we don't know much about him, okay? He's been overshadowed by a lot of great receivers at LSU. You talk about Jamar Chase going out. Cincinnati. You talk about Justin Jefferson, what he's doing now at Minnesota. You're talking about this pastor, Terrence Marshall Jr., who put up some really great numbers. We feel like he's going to be an explosive player at the next level. So he's always been overshadowed by greatness. And now he's coming to Tennessee and it's like, okay, look at where I'm going. I got Julio Jones, arguably a first ballot Hall of Famer. I got the best receiver in the game now, AJ. You got Josh Reynolds coming over in free agency from LA. You're talking about then they go out and uh, drafted another big body receiver in Des Fitzpatrick. And you're kind of like, you know, D, what is my role on this team? Why am I here? And I'm going to tell you why. Special teams. Special teams. The way that you're going to make this club, and I will tell Racy this, listen, get to know Coach Craig Ackerman. He should be your best friend. When this is all said and done, you two should be joined hip to hip. Because when it comes down to making that final cut, D, it might be in the hands of special team coach Craig Ackerman that might decide his fate in the National Football League. I believe it'll 100% come down to that, whether or not he ends up making this 53-man roster at the beginning of the season. You look at the Titans' wide receiver unit. D, I know you listed a lot of the guys that we know are likely to be locks. Like I can't see a reason why A.J. Julio, Josh are not in this lineup, but then you go and you look at, you know, if they're going to use a fourth round pick on a guy, more than likely you got to put Des Fitzpatrick, just go ahead and pencil him in there. But then when you see that the Titans also have the following players in Nick Westbrook, Ikeen, who they've been high on, yeah. they went out, got Chester Rogers, still remains to be seen how they have him in the fold. You're also looking at Cody Hollister, Marcus Johnson, Fred Brown, Cameron Batson, and it really is going to be difficult to be that final piece. And right now I would expect the Titans at most to take six wide receivers. You look at them in the past and five was typically the number this year with the tight ends not being as good. I could see six wide receivers making that cut instead. And so it's like you said it, they're just going to have to have guys at the back end that are 100% really good special team contributors. And you say that, and a couple of the scouts 
when they were doing their due diligence, making sure to check in on everything with all these players, the, the big note on Racy McMath was he is a very coachable kid and he really did stand out on special teams while at LSU because you listed the wide receivers he was playing behind. So it was going to be hard for him to get on the field. Now, I was wanting to make sure, I believe it was Dane Brugler who had the following assessment of, let's see here. Yeah, the coaches praise his work, work ethic and his practice habits and that he could possibly be a great gunner at the next level. And so, I mean, with his size, his physicality, that's great because when you look at what he ran at the four, in the 40, he was a 4.39 guy. So that can help him. And if, if we're being honest from a wide receiver standpoint, everything I've read on the guy from scouts just says like there are some things he really does need to work on before he's going to see the field as a wide receiver. And primarily talking about his route running ability. And D, you can speak to this, but route running is not necessarily something you just pick up all of a sudden and you're able to just like turn on a switch and you're great at route running. That takes some no, time. It's not. And, it takes some time. And you can speak to this much more highly than I can, but I feel like if you are a defensive back and you're going up against a wide receiver that does have, sl- have sloppy routes, it's so much easier to read what he's about to do, break on a play, and make, make something happen from the defensive side of the ball. It's like night and day. Think about the great receivers in this league. I had a chance to play against two of the best, two of the greatest route runners of all time. And both of these players had something in common. They were both old in their age. Tim Brown, I like to say that because I know Timmy B real good. He lives here in Dallas. And the great Henry Eller, who is considered by many as the greatest route runner to ever play the game. Do you let me say this right now? When I was playing at Tennessee my rookie year, I had a chance to play against Henry Ellard, and I was about 23, 24 years old back in 1997, and we played the Redskins down in Memphis. And i tell you what, I was basically having a really good game, and we were beating Washington uh, convincingly going into the fourth quarter. They end up putting Henry Ellard in a game who at that time was going into probably, probably his 16th year in the National Football League. He was about 38 years old. He comes in the game, and within the first two to three minutes of the game, Washington put 14 points up on my side of the ball, and I was guarding Henry Ellard. I couldn't figure out for that probably about five minutes what was going on because of his route running. He was able to do things that I've never seen before with his body. It was like trying to look at a contortionist and trying to uh, mimic her moves or his moves, and I couldn't do it, you know. The, the body language, that takes time. That's a skill. That's an art. And that's what you have to do when you get in the league and you have to work with your receivers coach, Coach Rob Moore, who's one of the best. I played against Rob. Coach Moore is one of my old teammates uh, when I played for the Broncos. He was a longtime uh, jet receiver, uh, played for the uh, Arizona Cardinals back then. And Coach Rob Moore was a monster, and I had a chance to play against him. He is what I call a big body receiver like Racy. Coach Moore is about 6'3", about 230, and he knew how to position me. He beat me for two touchdowns that game in 97 down in Arizona, and I was having fits with him all day. And that's what you have to use, but that just comes with time. But what I love about this pig, Debo, is this. You know, I'm always looking for similarities in players. And the first thing that jumped out in my mind when I looked at Racy on film, I thought of one name. You remember when I was, as I alluded to about, Rashad Weaver and Adelius Thomas last week. 
And I was saying there's a lot of similarities. You know, when I looked at Racy, there was one player that stood out, and I know you know this name. And I'm going to say this, D. He's a two-time second-team All-Pro. He spent 13 years in New England. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, and he's a five-time first-team All-Pro. But I'll give you another stat, <laughs> D. He had one reception for 46 yards in 13 careers in New England, and he won three Super Bowls. Who am I talking about, Debo? I love it. But you the fact I'm blanking is actually pretty right <laughs> now. Just give me one second. His dad played 20 years in the National Football League, and he's a Hall of Famer. And his dad, I, I've met his dad before. His dad was a great offensive lineman for the Rams back in the late at the mid 70s to the early 90s with the Jackson State University. His dad's a big man. man if feel, you ever watch the old football clip. I like I did I'm the a, right I'm thing. I didn't go and, and look it up, man. But I, <laughs> I'm trying to like you said. Uh, we're going to be all day. You trying to guess. Yeah, this, this look is at bad. You. This is bad. Who we got? Uh, okay. His father name is the great Jackie Slater. Oh, one of the greatest okay. offensive linemen to play the game. 20 years for the Rams. Matthew Slater, Debo. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- how I, can, that I, is you talking about a monster at Gunner at every right. special team, a captain along with Brady. There's only two guys that what in a span of about 20 years that for about 10 or 15 years were the captains of those teams, Tom Brady and Matthew Slater. We forget about these special team players. Debo, do not sleep on these players. I'm going to go Steve Tasker on you in a second. But again, if you know, when you think, when I look at Racy, I'm thinking Matthew Slater, a 21st century version of Matthew. Think about what Matthew was able to do for 13 years in the league. He was a special team demon. I mean, this guy was a beast. David, he played every special team for New England. You think Bill Belichick is going to keep one player for 13 years if he's unproductive? You have to be versatile. You have to be reliable in that system. Matthew did it for 13 years. And guess what? He will be a Hall of Famer. How many guys you see make it in the Hall of Fame on special teams? It's very rare. I mean, but look okay, at, look like at Adam Vinatieri will eventually get there. Adam Vinatieri. Steve Tasker should be there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get on that because I'm sweating when I think about one of my favorite players of all time for the Bills, Steve Tasker, who made a living for, what, 12 years in Buffalo and Houston? I love Steve Tasker, but that's what I'm envisioning Racy's role, and that's what special teams coaches tell you when you get there. I don't care if you're a first-rounder from Caleb Farley to Racy McMath. You have... You have to get to know that special teams coach because that might be your primary role the first few years of while you're in the league. You think about when Steve Smith Sr. came out of Utah back in 2001. And when they drafted him in the third round, what they end up doing for Carolina, he spent that year just basically, you know, playing special teams. Now you fast forward to some 20-some years later, and Steve, Steve Smith Sr. has had one of the most productive career out of any receiver to play the game in the last 20 years. So for Racy, I would get to know Coach Craig Ackerman and make sure that every time that you step on that field and you're, what you're doing is you're putting your resume on tape. And so if it don't work out in Tennessee, if you get caught in the bubble, guess what? There's 31 other teams that are looking for players just like you, productive and a good special team player 
And that can create, that can also in return, that can create longevity for you in this league, in this game for a long time. Yeah, when you look at the fact that we're actually going to get preseason football games again this year, it's going to be so much more beneficial for a lot of those special teams players than it is anyone else, in my opinion. Just because, I mean, those those preseason games, we realize that they are there to help build that back end of a roster. And as D, you've alluded to many times, it really does come down to can you contribute on special teams. And if you are having to be thrown into that situation in a game at your position, like can you at least be somewhat productive? Now, when you look at the project that you have with Racy McMath at the wide receiver position, the big thing that I'm at least curious about the, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it from a physical standpoint, it looks like he has all the tools, but then once you go and you kind of look at his production, it just never seemed to mesh. And I know his senior year battled a hamstring injury and he had some issues as far as trying to beat out some of these great players. We know, I mean, for his senior year, he ended up taking the spot that Justin Jefferson primarily played at the year before. So why exactly in your opinion, might it, we be seeing the physical tools, but not necessarily the production to go with it. Well, sometimes, you know, it takes players a little longer than others. Some guys will mature a little faster than others. Unfortunately, that happens. We've seen that. We, I remember back in 1996 when Terrell Lawrence came out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Nobody thought for a second that this player it was 6'3", 235-pound uh, player out of UT Chattanooga of all schools would, you know, basically come into a system in San Francisco and Steve Mariucci's West Coast, that West Coast offense, and be productive. You know, they they were thinking it's going to be a while. And it really took T.O. about three years before he got going in that system, uh, in Steve Mariucci's system. But when he was able to just learn from the great ones, and you remember when I told you, Debo, the way that you learn how to play this game is to watch the player in front of you. He has an opportunity. And you look at the receivers. Look at Julio Jones, six foot three. AJ six foot, you know, AJ just strong. He's built like a running back. But you think about Josh Reynolds at six three. Nick Westbrook, Akina, he's about six two. Uh, the only small one is Cam. And then Des Fitzpatrick. We just talked a couple weeks ago how big he was as a receiver. What, six two, six three guy? Big frame, 214, 215. And so when you get there, emulate everything they do. I've always, you know what, when you when you want to really learn how to play the game, emulate everything Julio is going to do. Watch his footwork. Watch AJ, how he gets off the jam. Look at Josh. Look at how he's creating separation, how he's using his bodies. One thing coaches, and Coach Rob Moore would tell Racy this, Racy, I want you to get behind one of these veterans, and I want you to watch them. When I'm talking to them, when I'm coaching them up, I want you by me listening to everything that I'm telling them. I want you to soak all of this up because a lot of your preparation when you get there, uh, really your first camp, it's going to be a lot of what we call memorization and just processing on the go because you're not going to get a lot of reps. That's unfortunate, but that's the way it works. So you have a lot thrown at you at a short time. So you, your mind's going to be all over the place. But what you do is really the learning process for the first year rookies it always comes by getting on the special teams and just contributing that way. That's how I learned. I didn't really play any cornerback uh, in preseason my first uh, rookie camp, D. You know what I did? I was, a, I was a gunner, and I was terrible at it. 
I was so bad at Gunner. I did not pack my bags because, you know, I was in fear that I wouldn't make the team because I looked terrible out there. But that's how you get better. That's We call that getting your feet wet. And in the National Football League, the way you make it in that building is by special teams. I'm going to give you one more thing, and I don't want to just keep harping. But back in 19, I'm going back so long because I'm getting older. But I, 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 when I think about guys now, I can look back and see a lot of similarities in how guys back then, how they were able to make it. And one of my favorite players and my former teammate, there's only two guys that I refer to as TD. And that is Mr. Tony Dorsett, who lives right here in Frisco, Texas. And that is my old, my old teammate, Terrell Davis. Now, everybody, when you think about TD, and that's Terrell Davis, you think of the Hall of Famer out of Denver, having probably the best out of a six-year career, the best four years out of any running back other than O.J. Simpson to play this game. Don't forget about that juice. Let me say this. David, you know how, you know what they call, when they refer to Terrell Davis, they talk about the hit to Canton. You know what that means? I'll be honest, I don't. Okay. What the hit to Canton basically goes back to a game in 1995 in Tokyo, Japan. Now, let me just tell you this. I want to tell you this story, D. It's real short. So, Terrell Davis, when he was basically a six-round draft pick, the 196th pick out of Georgia, and you know back then, Garrison Hurst really was the man, not Ter- Terrell. Terrell was from Long Beach State. The, the program folded, and then that's how he ended up getting to Georgia. So, what happened was when, when the, Denver's, the Denver Broncos were playing an exhibition game in Tokyo, Japan, and the day of the game, TD wasn't really getting any reps. You know, he was kind of like, why am I here? So he went to the front desk, basically, to try to get a flight home. He didn't speak. The, the lady, the concierge uh, at the front desk, didn't speak uh, really good English. So he figured, you know what, let me just go ahead. And uh, since I can't get a flight out of here, I'm just going to go ahead and play this game. What he ended up doing was he scarfed down a Coke and a hot dog gets on the bus, plays the game, didn't get any playing time, and out of a sudden, with the fourth quarter, when the rookies come in, he's on special teams. They just plug him in on a kickoff team, Debo, goes down and just whaps Tyrone Drake for nearly knocks him out. When Mike Shanahan saw that, all of a sudden he was convinced, this young man belongs here. This is what I want and what I'm looking for. That hit is probably what saved his career. That hit is really the hit, what we call to Kent, that one play. And for Racy, it might be the same situation. We never heard of this kid, but you know what? One play can end up 10 years from now. We're talking about Racy McMath probably being a Hall of Famer. It can happen. Well, D, the one quote I did have from general manager John Robinson whenever the Titans did draft Racy was, and I guess to provide a little bit of just pre-draft background on that, was, I mean, the Titans took Racy a lot higher than a lot of other teams had him on his, on their draft boards, even going back and whenever some scouts kind of were just talking and, and giving some analysis about where some of these guys were ranked at. And, and John just simply said, we had Racy really high rated for what he's been able to do just simply based off specialty. So that's John is a guy that has been developed in that New England system. You talk about Slater making that comparison. So I think it's a great comparison there just because general manager John Robinson and what Mike Vrabel have done throughout the years is trying to look back and you see how the Patriots built their dynasty that the Titans ultimately ended. And so I hope that you can never be too great at making sure that, one, you're getting off the press while playing the gunner position, getting down there and 
at least causing a team to cause a fair or call a fair catch because I mean we have seen time and time again whenever a team breaks off a punt return for a touchdown or they're able to get something going just in special teams it can be huge and just be a big momentum shift for really like it can be such an impactful moment in the game you really look back and you often go like yep that was the moment that was when I started to see the tide turn and I am hopeful that like when you look at what he does bring on special teams that is what is going to allow him to have that opportunity and we'll see as the preseason gets here and he's able to actually put some film on tape for other teams if the Titans do look at their wide receiver group and they're like you know what like Racy you did a lot we really do appreciate what you were able to come in here and do but we just kind of need help at the wide receiver position and in some other spots that, that your value's just not there yet so and even if other teams don't pick him up, like he's a guy that the Titans, if given the opportunity, I think are going to have him be on their practice squad. So he'll have an opportunity to continue to develop, but a, a lot just remains to be seen. And so he does have a lot to work on. I mentioned earlier, the route running was an issue. Another thing is just, they say that if he's not going to necessarily be involved in the play, he is sometimes kind of lazy getting off of the line in those moments. So it's just always having that motor running at a hundred percent. And if he can fix these things, continue to work on them. And again, a lot of times, man, D, you can attest to this. It's not necessarily always the best player that the team ends up keeping. It's one that they find that their value provides just enough and their hard work is going to move them ahead of the competition. So, I don't know, man. He's got an opportunity because we know that there are some other wide receivers on this team that the coaching staff really do enjoy coaching and they think can provide some assistance especially once you start to get down to some of those reserves if you get past Julio AJ and and Josh can Racy be one of those guys to get the sixth spot and and heck who knows just based off of special teams if Racy's doing a lot better at the gunner position compared to a lot of the defensive backs that are typically playing there they might end up going with an extra receiver and we could see the Titans possibly taking seven wide receivers versus six a lot to be seen there I don't know, we'll see what happens, but D on the way out, man, any closing thoughts as it relates to Racy? Yeah, I got two names for him. Kasim Osgood, who I played against a long time, who played for the San Diego, he's out of San Diego State, he used to play for the Chargers, he's on the Chargers 50th anniversary team, he was an undrafted free agent in 2003, played 12 years in the National Football League. And one of the things that stands out when you look at 12 years in the league and he was a receiver was the 45 reception for 800 yards. That's not a lot of yards. But again, look at this. He was a three-time pro bowler and he was an undrafted free agent. You think about the great Steve Tasker. And I'll say, Racy, look at this. Look at these two names, Racy. Look at Steve Tasker. When I looked at those bills when I was younger, uh, back in the uh, mid-80s, early 90s, we always talk about Jim Kelly. We always talk about Thurman Thomas. We always uh, talk about those names. Uh, you know. And, but when you think about the Buffalo Bills, the first name comes to mind for me was number 89, a 5'9", 185-pound receiver out of Northwestern who was taken in the ninth round, a 226th pick. He, he, uh, was, this is what, this is like a, a young Wes Welker <laughs> playing special team. Davey, I think about Steve Tasker. He's been mentioned. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he was only one of the greatest special team players and clutch receivers to play this game. You know how Steve Tasker 
he basically was able to stay in the league for about 13 years. It was special teams. David, the way that you make it in the National Football League is special teams. And for Racy, you want to build your resume up, be productive on special teams, and let the rest take care of itself. Well, he's definitely going to have an opportunity, D, and I think at this point he knows that, I mean, that is his path to make this roster. And if he really wants it, then he knows what he needs to do to get out there and, and make it happen. So I wish him all the best, and I hope he's able to go out there and really prove his worth to this unit. And, re- I mean, all I can really say at this moment is time will tell. We're already almost all the way through June, and before you know it, man, we're going to have preseason football in just a little over a month. So I'm getting excited. We're hitting that part to where it just – D will have actual football to talk about here before we know it. So I'm excited, but D, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And as always, glad to gain your insight. I also appreciate the stories that happen sometimes a little bit before I was able to really soak in what is the National Football League. And I do want to apologize for the Matthew Slater gaffe on my part. Oh, it's okay. I, I could, You're I could, only 16. <laughs> just kidding. I know. I just it like is what it is. I love when your it's face all good, is puzzled. It's all good. I know. I'm just joking with you. But it looks like we're up against it for today's show. Tune in next week for the final edition to meet the class as we discuss safety. Brady Breeze out of the University of Oregon. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.